Hey, welcome to part three of Never Defeated. I'm so glad you guys are here today and God has a word for you today. I don't know what burden you're carrying in life today, but God brought you here for a trade-in on your burdens. Have you ever seen those car commercials where it's like, push, pull, or drag your rusty jalopy? And we'll give you 5,000 toward a trade-in on a new car. And, and then you wake up the next morning and you realize, oh, I'm gonna be paying $300 a month for the rest of my life for this great deal that I got. Well, God's got an even better deal for you today. He's a God of trade-ins. He wants you to be able to trade in any burden you've got. Uh, my daughter Zoe had a burden this last week. Here's a picture of Zoe with our puppy, Penny. And uh, Zoe found out that Penny was getting neutered and it was kind of comical. I mean, it was sad for Zoe. She was very emotional, but she kept saying noodled instead of neutered. And so she was like, why did Penny have to get noodled? Why'd we have to noodle our dog? She was sad. So anyhow, that's the burden in her life. But as we get older, the burdens get heavier. Last night, we got to baptize 19 new believers who came to Christ and said, I'm going to give him my burdens and take his way of life. And here's one of them. This guy's name is Steve. And Steve, you know, as I talked with him and prayed with him, you could just tell just the weight that he had before Christ and then this freedom as he came up out of those waters of baptism. And it's not those waters that save or transform a person, it's the power of Jesus who is almighty God and who has the power to deliver you from any burden in your life. And I wanna ask you today, what is the heavy burden in your life? You know, as you walked in here today, the reality is almost every single one of us, we've got like a backpack on, we've got like a harness around our neck of some kind of burden. Maybe your burden is your marriage right now. Maybe your burden is that you feel distant from God. Maybe your burden is some kind of addiction. Sociologists tell us that addictions are increasing across the board, sexual addictions, alcohol addictions, spending addictions. And what's so sad about addictions is that they usually start as someone trying to get a relief from a burden. And that thing feels good for a little bit. And then that thing ends up enslaving you and becoming another burden of its own. Maybe that's the heavy burden you bring with you. Maybe your heavy burden is something that goes all the way back to your childhood or something that someone else has done to you and you just can't change that that was done to you and that's a heavy burden that you carry with you every day of your life. You know, we hear every week of suicides and almost every month now of school shootings. And so often these things are done by people who are carrying heavy burdens and they don't know what to do with them. And in an impulsive moment, they make a decision that ends their life or ends the lives of other people because they just don't know what to do with their heavy burdens. I wonder what your heavy burden is today. And here's my question for you. If it were possible today, if it were possible today to have that burden lifted, would you wanna know how? Would you wanna know how to have that pain lifted from your heart, how to have that weight lifted from your spirit? I'm so excited to share with you today God's heart for you. Whether you've never been in church before, the way he wants to lift your burden, or maybe you've been in church for 50 years, 
And you say, I've, I've been forgiven of my sins. I know what it is to walk with God, but there are still burdens in my life. Wherever you fall within those two extremes, God has a word of encouragement for you today. You know, in the book of Nehemiah, in chapter five, God's people were under a heavy burden. In Nehemiah five, they haven't yet rebuilt their city. They've been living as exiles in a foreign land and they've reassembled. They're starting to rebuild their city. And in chapter five, they're about halfway done with the perimeter wall, which is the beginning of their infrastructure. And in this moment, the people are gonna just cry out that they're heavily burdened. In fact, look at verse one of Nehemiah five. It says, about this time, some of the men and their wives raised a cry of protest. And what they're gonna say in chapter five is, we're just too heavily burdened. And here's how heavily burdened they were. They were burdened by debt. They were burdened, some of them in physical slavery. They were burdened politically because they didn't have a national entity and so they had to pay money to this foreign king. And so what was happening is people would have to pay this tax to this foreign king and when they didn't have enough money, they'd have to put a mortgage or a loan on their fields or on their homes. And then the tax would come around the next time and they're like, we don't have any money and we've already mortgaged our homes. And so they were actually having to sell their children as slaves so that they could just have enough money to eat. And, and the people of God, they say, we just can't do this anymore. The burden is too heavy. And maybe that's how you feel today. Maybe the heavy burden that you came in here with, you're just like, I just don't know if I can keep doing this. The burden is just too heavy. And I want you to see how Nehemiah responds when the people cry out and they just say, we just can't keep doing this because the way he responds is a picture of how God responds and how God feels for you when you're burdened, when you're enslaved, when your life is heavy. Look at Nehemiah's response. He says, when I heard their complaints, so he wasn't a leader who's like, yeah, yeah, just keep working, I'm too busy. He heard their complaints. Do you know that God hears your complaints? And then look at this, not only does he hear their complaints, but they affect him emotionally. When he hears that some of his people have had to sell their kids as slaves, it actually makes him angry because he doesn't want God's people living as slaves. And this is a picture of how your father in heaven feels for you when your life is heavy with burdens. In fact, you could summarize it this way. God doesn't want you living in slavery. Slavery of any kind. He doesn't want you living as a slave to a screen. He doesn't want you living as a slave to a bottle of alcohol or a bottle of pills. He doesn't want you living as a slave to fear or a slave to shame or a slave to guilt. He doesn't want you every day living so consumed with, are people gonna like me? Is everyone like me? He doesn't want you living as a slave to that. God's plan for you is never slavery. God's plan for you is freedom. And so where that burden is weighing you down today, let's look at what God says about how to be set free from that burden how to live a life of freedom in Christ. Here's how Jesus explains it for you and for me in Matthew chapter 11. Then Jesus said this, come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens. 
And I'm not gonna ask for a raise of hands of anyone who's ever been weary or carrying a heavy burden because if we're honest, it would be every single one of us. It's all of us. And what Jesus says to all of humanity, God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that's Jesus, so that anyone who believes in him will not perish, will not die under the weight of burdens or be separated from God for eternity. And here's his word to all people and specifically, this is the heart of your creator. You have an engineer who made you. Your father God in heaven sent his son to reach you and here's what he says through him. He says, come to me. Come to me with your burden. You don't have to clean yourself up first and then come to me. Sometimes I'll meet people and I'll say, yeah, I've been meaning to get back to church. I just have to kind of clean my life up first. Guess what? It doesn't work. We don't have the power to clean up our lives. And so he says, come to me with your brokenness. Come to me with your mess. Come to me with your heaviness. Come as you are. Bring all your pain. Bring your mistakes. Bring your shame. Bring your guilt. Bring your addiction. Bring your regret. Come to me as you are. Bring me your weariness. Bring me your burdens. And what does he say? He makes a promise. He says, if you'll come to me with a heart of faith, believing that I can heal you and help you, I will give you rest. Anyone want rest for your soul? Internal rest? This is a kind of rest where even if your world is still falling apart around you, you have an inner rest. Even if your spouse hates you and insists on divorcing you, you can have an inner rest. Even if you're going through bankruptcy court and you're losing every physical possession you had, you can have an inner rest. Even if those things that were done to you as a kid, you can't go back in time, you can't change it, you can have an inner rest so that those things in the past stop defining who you are and stop controlling your future. I wonder, where are you weary? Have you ever experienced that inner rest? Some of you, God brought you here today to experience that for the first time. You're gonna meet Jesus today in a way you've never met him before. You're gonna realize he's not some distant hypothetical thing. He's not some angry God in the sky. He's a personal God. And your soul was created to be in relationship with him. And some of you today, for the first time in your life, you're gonna have a definitive moment where you come to Jesus and you experience his rest for your soul. I know as I've prayed for us as a church and as I've studied the word of God this week, the spirit has just been prompting me. There are people here who know Christ, you've been saved, you have eternal life, but there hasn't been rest in your soul lately, has there? Your life, if you looked at the last week or month, it hasn't been defined by rest, it's been defined instead by heavy burdens. And guess what, I can relate to that. That's how my life has been the last month or so. I've been walking with God, not doing anything wrong, but guess what, it's been heavy. And as I read these words from Jesus, he reminded me in such a loving and encouraging way, heaviness is not his plan for us. Now we live in a world that's broken by sin. Our bodies will get cancer. We'll go through hard times. Jesus doesn't say, come to me and you'll never go through anything hard again. That's not what he says. But what he promises is if you will continue coming to him with your burdens, he will give you an inner rest, 
an inner lightness, even when your circumstances are heavy. How do we get that? Well, he says how in the next verse. Look at this. Jesus says, take my yoke upon you. What's a yoke? You know, the, when I think of a yoke, I think of my best friend who's an airplane pilot, and you know, they call that the yoke. We don't live on farms, most of us, and even those of you here who have farms, you don't use animals to plow your fields anymore. What does Jesus mean when he says, take a yoke? Well, here's a picture of a yoke. A yoke connects two animals at the neck. And Jesus says, do you wanna have my rest for your inner person? Do you want a life that is internally light even when your circumstances are heavy? Then you've gotta actually bolt your neck into a device that is attached to my neck. Here's how a yoke works. The stronger of the two animals always wins. When the strong animal decides we're going right, guess what? They're going right. When the strong animal decides I'm done, guess what? They're done. When the weak animal says I'm done and the strong animal says we're still going forward, guess what? They're still going forward. And there's this misconception sometimes of come to Jesus and, you know, where you were yoked to your shame or your guilt or your your lust or your greed or even just your desire to please people or, or, you know, for me lately what it is is being a control freak and I can get yoked to that. I just want to control everything and make it all work. And Jesus says, come to me. He will release you from that other thing. But here's the misconception. The misconception is if you come to Jesus, he'll kind of explode the yoke and now you're free and you're not yoked to anything. But he never says that. He says, take my yoke upon you. In other words, let me explode your old yoke, but now put your neck down and let me bolt you into a yoke that is attached to me, to Jesus himself. And when I say go right, you're gonna go right. And when I say keep going and you feel like stopping, you're gonna keep going because now you're yoked to me. And it's this idea that, you know what? Every day of our life, we are yoked to something or someone. We never wake up and live a day not yoked to anything. And what Jesus says is you can either be yoked to me and I will lead you toward freedom. I will lead you toward inner peace. I will lead you toward relationship with God and fulfillment. Or if you don't choose to be yoked to me, you're gonna end up being yoked to something else. Every day we wake up and we don't even realize what we're yoked to. We're making decisions based on what we're thinking. And, and so often we don't even realize what's controlling us. Look at this verse in 2 Peter chapter 2. It says this, for you are a slave to whatever controls you. I wonder if you were to look back on your last week, what is it that controls you? Is it your job? Is it your bank account? Is it Instagram? Is it some person you just want their approval or a group of people you want their approval? Now, this isn't a message, I'm not here to shame you or guilt you, but what I am here is to say, if you're like me, and in the last month you've yoked yourself to something else like being in control or pleasing people, then guess what? Even if you're saved and have eternal life and you can't lose that, you're gonna lose the inner rest. You're gonna lose the inner lightness. Jesus says, if you want my inner rest, if you want my inner lightness, then you have to intentionally yoke yourself, connect yourself at the neck 
to me. Everyone's mastered by something. You know, you see this when you see a a dog that's well-trained. We took our puppy to puppy obedience classes and we really got lucky. She's just a really compliant, submissive dog. And I think about how she is mastered. She doesn't go certain places. She doesn't run in the road. She's mastered by us. And actually by her being mastered by us, she's gonna live a lot longer than if she was just out in the woods as a wild dog. She's gonna get veterinary care and all the you know, crazy stuff we Americans do for our pets because she's mastered. So being mastered isn't always a bad thing. In fact, if you're mastered by something good, it's a good thing. And what the New Testament teaches, what Jesus teaches is you will be mastered by something or someone. And so be intentional to say, Jesus, I wanna be mastered by you. In fact, the writers of the New Testament, Peter, Paul the Apostle, who started off as a murderer and just a hateful person, and he came to Jesus and Jesus transformed him. You know how they'd often refer to themselves? Paul, a slave of Christ. How would he say he's a slave of Christ if he also says it's for freedom that you've been set free? Because when you're yoked to Christ, he only leads you into freedom. And even when your world's falling apart, even when circumstances are difficult, you have an inner rest and an inner freedom that only comes from being yoked to Christ. Do we have any Colts fans in the house? Any Colts fans? All right, I'm so excited. In January, we're doing a series called At the Stadium. And uh, yesterday, or Thursday, I guess it was, I got to spend the day with Ben Utech. Ben played on the Super Bowl winning team uh, in 2006. And we spent the whole day recording uh, video interviews about his relationship with Jesus and how his faith has helped him win on the field and in life. So we were over at the Colts training facility down on 56th Street. And while we were there, Ben was telling me some stories about Coach Dungy and about how it was to come in as a new player. I mean, he was right out of college when he joined the Colts and the things that Coach Dungy had written on the wall. And the way that Coach Dungy essentially from the beginning said, if you're gonna play on my team, here's what you're gonna do. Here's what you're gonna think about. Here's the kind of person you're gonna be. And you know what? As I listened, I thought, well, boy, that's, that's kind of restrictive. Kind of bossy. Essentially what Ben described is every one of those big powerful athletes was mastered by Coach Dungy. In fact, as we were walking through the training center, David Thornton, another former player who is now the director of player engagement, he was sitting there on a bench talking with a present day athlete and you could tell they were having a pretty intense talk about who's the master. Was it good or bad? I mean, Ben Utech, poor guy, he spent years of his life being mastered by Tony Dungy. (laughs) And I got to touch the Super Bowl ring that resulted. (laughs) Right, it's not always a bad thing to be mastered. The question is, what are you mastered by? Uh, Here's a picture of Coach Dungy with that team right after they won the Super Bowl. And he said, hey, we are going to go in the locker room and we're going to end our season just like we began it by kneeling in prayer before Almighty God, who is our strength. The point is, here's Ben Utech, one of dozens of these guys, their entire life is on a trajectory now because of who they allowed to master them. Right? I mean, we've heard just in the last week of an NFL athlete, incredibly talented, more physical talent in one arm than most NFL athletes have in their whole body, and no team will take him. 
Nobody wants him. Why? Because he won't be mastered by anyone. But guess what? He's actually mastered by himself. And that's true of us too. If we're not mastered by Christ, we're mastered by ourself or by sin. Or scripture even says, I mean, this is harsh, but this is what the word of God says, that if you're not in Christ, you're a slave to sin and you're a slave to Satan who controls the world order. So I'm either a slave to Satan and I don't realize it, or I'm a slave to Christ and I do realize it. And it's this choice. That's why Jesus says, come to me. You're always gonna be weary and burdened when you're enslaved to Satan. Come to me, I'll give you rest. But if you really wanna live in that freedom, then you've gotta take my yoke, let me be your master and I'll teach you how to live a free life. Look at this next part of what Jesus says. He says, let me teach you. Do you wanna experience the inner rest? Do you wanna experience the inner freedom? Then yes, it does start with that dramatic salvation moment. When you say, Jesus, I believe you died on the cross for my sins, forgive me, adopt me into the family of God. That's your starting point. But that doesn't guarantee you internal rest for the rest of your life. The way you get that is by one day at a time saying, Jesus, I'm gonna release the yoke of materialism. I'm gonna release the yoke of pleasing people. I'm gonna release the yoke of being controlled by my feelings instead of my faith. And I'm gonna take your yoke. And every day when I don't know how to handle a situation, when something is heavy and it will happen, you don't, it doesn't mean you sinned if something is heavy in your life. It just means you're alive, okay? We're in a broken world. But every time that happens, I'm gonna come to you and I'm gonna say, Jesus, teach me how to handle this. I remember as a kid, my dad over and over, <laughs> poor guy, I was a tough kid. And over and over he would say, John, you've gotta learn to be teachable. You've gotta learn to be teachable. And he would tell me things like, if you don't learn to be teachable, you're gonna end up in prison. And he was right. Right, it's true of us all. We've gotta to learn to be teachable. And, and Jesus says, let me teach you. So in my experience, you can be a follower of Jesus. You're bought with a price. He sees you perfectly because your sins are washed away, but you're missing out on the internal rest. You're missing out on the internal peace because you're not letting him teach you today. You're not letting him teach you as you walk through sickness, as you walk through broken relationship, as you walk through rejection, he can teach you, but you gotta let him. You gotta let him teach you. And then look at this, is he an angry teacher? Is he like a, you know, pound the fist, yell in your face? He says, I'm humble and I'm gentle, right? You can either be yoked, your neck is connected, to a giant animal like lust or greed and it yanks you around and it rips you around. It takes you places you don't wanna go and you can't stop it. Or you can be yoked to Jesus, who's so strong that when you don't have the strength to keep going, you can just lift your feet up and he will carry you when you're yoked to him. I mean, that's the visual he gave me this week as I was praying, praying this, this text into my heart. Was John, if you're yoked to me and you're too tired, just pick your feet up. That's one of the advantages of being yoked to me. I'll just carry you. And not only is he that strong, but he's gentle, he's humble. He's not gonna yank you around and give you whiplash. He's gonna say, here's where we're going. And by the way, he said, in this world, you'll have trouble, but take heart, I've overcome this world. And there's those seasons where it's like, whoa, I'm gonna be walking through something hard for a while, but guess what? I'm yoked to someone who can handle it. I'm yoked to someone who knows the way. And he's gonna do what's best for me even when I don't know how to do what's best for me. All I gotta do is lift my feet up and trust him and say, teach me. 
teach me. This, he says, is when you will find rest for your soul. Doesn't mean your circumstances will be perfect, but you'll have rest in it. And then look what he says here. For my yoke is easy to bear. So you're gonna be yoked to something. You might as well choose to make it Christ and make it the easy one. And the burden I give you, you don't hear this very often in the American church. Come to Jesus and he's gonna give you a burden. That's what he says. You're in a world that's broken by sin. You're not gonna get from here to heaven without having burdens in your life. But you get to pick. Do you want a light, easy burden? Or do you want the burden of shame, the burden of guilt, the burden of being harnessed at the neck to anything other than Jesus? And so, like I said at the beginning, today's a trade-in. Bring your rusted jalopy that you've been yoked to at the neck. Bring that thing that makes you a worse version of yourself and hurts the people around you and take Jesus up on his offer for the greatest trade-in in the history of humanity. I've told some of you about Kyle. Kyle took Jesus up on this promise back on April 8th. On April 6th, Kyle was supposed to get married, but the wedding didn't happen. His fiance broke up with him the day before. Kyle was at his lowest low. You talk about a heavy burden. And he was contemplating some really, really evil choices, and he got invited to an event here at Connection Point. Kyle believed in Jesus. He physically went up to a cross and placed all his burdens on Christ. And what's so great about Kyle's story is he had that dramatic conversion moment that some of you will have today, but he didn't leave it there. He has since said, Jesus, I wanna take your yoke upon me. Release me from my bitterness. Release me from all the things that used to control me. Does that mean he's perfect now? No, none of us are, but every weekend he's here. In fact, this weekend, here's a picture of Kyle last night. He's serving this weekend. Kyle's in the middle here with the great banquet team as they're making food for other people who are coming to Jesus right now. And essentially, Kyle's living out what we're learning. He came to Jesus and he's taken Jesus' yoke upon him. And now, even though life's hard, he's saying, Jesus, teach me. Teach me the way. Teach me how to live. And that starts here and here but then it works its way out with our hands and our feet. And Kyle is living proof. You can do this. Kyle just started this journey in April. You can start it today. Or if you've been on it in the past and you've gotten derailed, you can get back on the journey today because the power is not you. The power is the power of the cross. All you've got to do is say, I surrender. I connect myself to it. Jesus, I come to you. You could put it this way. I will either be harnessed to heavy burdens or I'll be harnessed to Jesus and his inner rest. It is a binary choice, it's an either or. So choose this day, do you wanna be harnessed to heavy burdens? Or do you wanna live a life where even though there are heavy things, you have an inner rest because you've said, Jesus, not only have I come to you for my salvation, but I've yoked my neck to yours. My eyes will go where your eyes go. My feet will go where you tell me to go. I will let you teach me how to be a man. I will let you teach me how to live free from alcohol. I will let you teach me how to live free from lust. I will let you teach me how to use my gifts in this world and find fulfillment and purpose. I will let you teach me 
how to lay down my life to serve others and experience that in that is the greatest joy in this world. Choose today, will you harness your life to Jesus or will you be mastered by something else? Well, for deeper study on your outline, I've put there nine steps to freedom. This is if you're a believer and you're like, John, I get this. I'm just kind of struggling with doing it. Well, from Nehemiah 5, there's nine steps you can take. I've put the verses there. You can study that deeper. If you're not in a small group, I'd encourage you to get into one. All our small groups right now every week are getting this study and it'll go much deeper into those nine steps. But let's focus today on which of those three steps you need to take. Is it come to Jesus? Is it take his yoke on your neck? Is it let him teach you? You know, when I think of teaching, I think of my kids. Here's a picture of them. This is probably about three years ago, two and a half years ago. And I now get why my dad was always saying, you've got to learn to be teachable. Now I get it. <laughs> because sometimes I say the exact same thing. You've got to learn to be teachable. We want the best for you. We want to help you win at life. Be teachable. And I want to tell you a story that happened probably three years ago now. And it's a story that reminds me of how God loves us when we get off track with our heavy burdens. You know, about three years ago, Mel and I, we were living in California. We had this routine three days a week where I would get home from work at a certain time. I'd change into my exercise clothes. I'd get the kids in the back seat of my car and we'd zip over to the YMCA where I would work out and I'd put them in the childcare. And it was part of just keeping me healthy. And I, I get depressed if I'm not exercising. So it's not like I'm some really great person. I just have learned I have to do it. So, so that's what, that was the routine we're in. And one of these kids, I'm not gonna say which one, okay? One of them was still potty training, kind of. And what would happen is every, almost every day for a season, I'd get home, I'd change into my clothes, got this very tight window of time. I'd say, has everyone gone to the bathroom? Let's all go potty one more time just to be safe. Let's all go potty. And then we would get to the Y. We'd be walking in to check them into the kids area and I would start to smell. <laughs> That's poop. And this would happen day after day after day, and we would talk about it, and it was dramatic, and yet it would just keep happening. <laughs> and, and you know what I love about kids is it just gives us this picture of how God feels about us, because if you've got kids or grandkids or a niece or a nephew, you know that when they have poop in their pants, you don't love the poop, but you do love the kids still, right? I mean, when that kid about the seventh time still had poop in their pants, did I love them any less? No. Was I ready for them to be done pooping their pants? Yes, absolutely. And this is how God feels about us. When we allow a heavy burden that is actually sin or a heavy burden, it, we allow it to cause us to sin because we're not dealing with it properly. We're essentially walking around with spiritual poop in our pants. Right? I mean, that's why it smells in here a little bit today. <laughs> I, I remember at one point telling this child, I have to help you work through this. Or someday you're going to show up at a job interview. <laughs> and you're going to be sitting there, here's my resume. And they're going to be like, oh, this is pretty good. And like, what does that smell? 
It's like, we, there has to be a moment in your life where we overcome this or else that's gonna happen. And I actually, I told the child this, I said, I'm gonna take away these favorite toys of yours and you can earn them back by going on the potty instead of going in your pants. Guess what the child told me? You just don't love me. <laughs> right, manipulative little creatures, aren't they? <laughs> My goodness, you just don't love me. It's like, well, actually, it's because I love you that I'm gonna make you deal with this. And some of you, you're sitting here and you're like, oh man, John, couldn't you just given us like an inspirational word that we're gonna win at life and everything's gonna be okay? Guess what? God brought you here because he loves you no matter what, but he loves you enough to say, you gotta deal with this. You gotta stop being harnessed at the neck to something other than me. You gotta stop being unteachable. You're missing out on my inner peace. You're missing out on my inner rest. You keep saying, God, change my circumstances. I'm trying to change what you're harnessed to, but only you can choose to take my yoke upon you. Sometimes we try to overcome our bad choices through shame and guilt. And let me save you a lot of heartache by saying, if you use shame and guilt as your motivator, it's not gonna help you overcome your problems. You get on a shame guilt spiral, it goes down and down and down. It usually involves some kind of addiction and then you feel worse and you just keep going down. There's only one way to get off the shame guilt negative spiral down. That's to come to Jesus, to allow him to loosen that yoke off your neck and then to put your neck down because what, sometimes we do that and, and we skip the next step. We don't put our neck down and say, so bolt me into your yoke and we go off, I'm free, I'm free. A week or two later, we're back harnessed to shame and guilt and other things again. And Jesus says, take my yoke upon you. There's only one power that's strong enough to defeat your sin. There's only one power that's strong enough to defeat the evils that have been done to you in this life. And that is the power of almighty God willingly reaching out to you by sacrificing his life on the cross, pouring out his blood to wash away your sins, giving up his place in heaven so that you can have a place in heaven, leaving his father so that you don't have to live as an orphan, you don't have to live alone in the world anymore, you can be a child of the king because of the power of Jesus and what he has done on the cross. And so today's a day to come to Jesus and take his yoke. When God reveals a problem, he's always ready to fix it. Just like that conversation with my child, we gotta deal with the poop in the pants. Why did I bring it up? Did I bring it up to shame them, to guilt them, to make them feel terrible? I brought it up to fix it. And when God brings something up, maybe he brings it up through your spouse, Maybe he brings it up through a message. Maybe he brings it up in your small group. Maybe he brings it up just his Holy Spirit within you. You're like, yep, that's the poop in my life. I gotta deal with it. When he brings it up, he's not bringing it up to beat you up. He's bringing it up to fix it. He's bringing it up so that he can fix what's broken. So let's look at Jesus' word to the weary. We've already learned this, but this is just, which of these is for you today? Are you today at the come to Jesus moment? Sometimes we call it salvation or maybe it's a restoration, right? You know, you just know you've been far from God or totally separated from God and today is your day to come to Jesus. If so, today it's a movement of the heart. You're not saved by works, you're saved by having that moment where you say, Jesus, I believe you're God, forgive my sins, be the ruler of my life. 
And if you're believing that today, you can join others who've already believed that and are scheduled to be baptized here in just a moment. Many of you in here, I know this is your step, take my yoke. You've come to Jesus, your salvation rests on his work, not on yours, but you've been yoked to something else. Maybe it's outright evil, maybe it's your own self-effort, your own self-striving, you're wanting to please people, or you're just innate desire to be a control freak, which if I'm honest with myself, when I do that, that's actually pride. And today's the day to unyoke from whatever that is, you know what it is, and say, Jesus, I want your yoke around my neck. I want you to be the master of my life. It doesn't work well when I'm attached to anything else. Is your third step, let me teach you. And you say, yeah, I've declared that Jesus is the master of my life. He's not only my savior, he's also my master, but there've been some areas where I haven't been letting him teach me. I wanna pray that for you right now. Father, you see the heavy burdens you even smell them. And you've brought us here today because you don't want us living as slaves. We're no longer slaves to fear because of you, Jesus. We're no longer slaves to lust. We're no longer slaves to our past. We're no longer slaves to our impulses. We're no longer slaves to the crowd and what people think. We're no longer slaves to our own nature. It's for freedom that we've been set free. And Jesus, I pray in this place today for anyone who's never come to you in that life-defining way, that today would be the day of their salvation, the day when you break the chains of sin, the day when you adopt them into the family of God, the day when their story stops being defined by the past and by darkness and pain and is now defined by the future and by light and by life. Lord, for that person who's right now listening or watching and they just know I've gotta to come to Jesus that way right now, meet them where they're at. So many of us, Jesus, we've tasted that, but our life, our inner life hasn't been one of rest. And it's because we've been yoked, we've been harnessed at the neck to other things. And so we just surrender right now to your freedom. And we say, Jesus, be the master of my life again. Harness my neck to your neck. Take me where you wanna take me. Make me who you wanna make me. Lead me in your paths for your purposes. Teach me. Jesus, teach us, make us a teachable church. Make us teachable men, teachable families. You say, my way is gentle. My way is humble. Teach us, Lord. Give us that heart today. We're about to declare now that when we come to you in brokenness and when we put our neck down and say, yoke me to you, that there's freedom, there's power, there's joy because of you, Jesus because we are now harnessed to one who has overcome death, to one who has overcome sin, to one who has overcome pain. We're now harnessed to you. We don't have to do it anymore. We don't have to wear ourselves out. We can just pick our legs up and let you carry us. And so we want to declare that we are no longer slaves to fear. We're no longer slaves to anything other than you. Let us taste your freedom once again today, we pray in your name, Jesus. Amen.